Arizona Sports, Sports, the local sports leader, leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. A lot going on, we're going to fly through this 4 o'clock reset because there's much, much, much to bring you here. As we hit the turn on the Burns and Gambo show, get you caught up on everything going on in sports, we call it the 4 o'clock reset. Cardinals started assembling their coaching staff on a new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, over the weekend. Moves that were made official today. Browns quarterbacks coach Drew Petzing is now the offensive coordinator. Eagles linebackers coach Nick Rollis will be the defensive coordinator. He is the youngest in the NFL at the age of 29. And the Arizona Cardinals also retain their special teams coordinator, Jeff Rogers, who's yeah. now coaching under his third new coach, head coach, during his time in Arizona. Yeah, he joined the Cardinals in 2018 as a special teams coordinator. has been with the team ever since. Worked under Steve Wilkes, Cliff Kingsbury, and now will be under Gannon. So he is uh, 44 years old, and the Cardinals really like him as a special teams coach. They will also, the Cardinals, reportedly, now these moves haven't been made official yet, reportedly add Colts tight ends coach Clayton Adams to be their offensive line coach. Yeah, he had recently joined the Stanford staff. And then, you know, the Cardinals always like to take uh, coaches away from Stanford. Cliff Kingsbury, was it Cliff, uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury was going to USC. Yeah, he was. Yeah, USC. USC was where he was yeah. at. Adams was going to Stanford, and then he t- took this job with the Cardinals, apparently. Kind of had a feeling this could happen. According to Josina Anderson, Commander's wide receivers coach Drew Terrell, local guy, is going to be leaving the team. He is currently expected to take a position with the Cardinals, maybe as a wide receivers coach. Obviously, he's not going to be a part of Eric Bieniemy's new staff with the Commanders. No, no. Makes sense. Again, local connections here. Went to Hamilton High School, uh, but apparently a good coach, so it could be another good ad for the Cardinals. And then another one, Israel Wolfork, who has been part of the Browns on a diversity coaching fellowship, has been informed he can join the Arizona Cardinals staff and follow Petzing. He is currently expected to be named the Cardinals quarterbacks coach. So, again, those have not become official. And also, in a one-on-one with NBC Sports, Jonathan Gannon said he turned down more money to stay with the Eagles to come lead the Cardinals. How about that? They dude? offered him a little more cash yeah. to stay on his D.C., well, and he yeah, said no. I, I Listen, I don't blame them. They're about to lose two coordinators, and they're like, you know, we got to we got to going to lose our coaching staff, so they were going to pony up more money than what Arizona's paying him to be the head coach. That's crazy, but, uh, you know, we saw what Vic Fangio got. He got, like, what, four or five million dollars to be a defensive coordinator this year? Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Yep. It's Newsmakers Week on Bickley and Murata. They'll be talking to all kinds of different important figures who make decisions across Valley Sports over the next couple of days. Today, the conversations we want to bring you focused on two guys. ASU men's basketball coach Bobby Hurley, who commented on his future as Sun Devils head coach. I'm not as much looking at, at my future as I am just trying to do the best I can for these kids. And, you know, we had a packed house on senior days. There's a lot of guys here to want to play in the NCAA tournament. That's all I'm thinking about. And the follow-up on his future. I feel young. I have a ton of energy and passion for what I'm doing. Positioned well to handle all the things that are being thrown at coaches in, in this new world of college basketball. Still has got the, still has it, right? Still wants to be here, wants to coach this program. And, you know, again, he's done a decent job as the ASU coach. He hasn't failed miserably, but you also haven't had the success that you would have liked. Derek Hall, president and CEO of the Diamondbacks, was on with the guys this morning. He was asked about Chase Field and possible renovation. 
renovations. We can redo the concourses. We can bring that stadium to a modern feel if we're indeed going to stay there and make it look more modern, make it look more new. But as far as making it feel a little closer to one another and smaller, I'm not sure we're ever going to be really able to address that. But I think fans are okay. They've got great memories there. They love it. And we hear that from fans, too. I'm proud of that. He guesstimated that it'd be about four to $500 million to renovate Chase Field. Over over years. Over years. Over a, a little bit of time. Of three to seven years. And it would cost twice as much to build a brand new stadium somewhere in the Valley. He doesn't even know for sure where, or at least he didn't say where Fourth that could be. oldest ballpark in the National League. Yeah. Time goes fast, man. Time flies. And, and they, uh, they, I, I would say that they need... They need a new stadium. I think they need a new stadium, too. The Coyotes general manager, Bill Armstrong, was on Newsmakers Week. He commented on how far along the rebuild is on a scale from 0 to 100. We're at 40. 40? Yeah, we're, we're 40. There, there's some pieces there, but we got to get over the hump. You know, when you get to 60, you start to see, you know, you start to tick into, hey, listen, we're going to get into the playoffs. we got a chance. Okay. We're, we're going to be the Buffalo Sabres, you know, um, mm. but we're not. We're, we're at 40%. Did you see Jacob Schickern was back on the ice practicing with the Coyotes today? There's a chance he could end up playing. If he doesn't get a deal done, if the deal doesn't get done, he'll be back to playing. They could always, if he doesn't, if Bill Armstrong doesn't get what he wants, which is going to be at least two first-round picks and maybe more, then they could always just trade him in the summer. Yeah. And so that by that point, he would come back and play for the Coyotes. Spring training games start on Saturday for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Today was the first day of school for the D-backs. Apparently, the minor leaguers have been practicing with the major league roster, giving them tips how to deal with the new rules in baseball this year. The minor leaguers helping the major leaguers. The bases are the larger. Bases. The pitch clock. The shift has been outlawed. Oh, that's my favorite. The, that's my pick, favorite. the pickoff attempt rules, they're now limited. All of these new rules are being implemented in a major league base ball this year, and the minor leaguers apparently have been helping the major leaguers kind of adjust to them I'm to a certain so, extent. I'm really so happy there's no shift. It's killed a left-handed hitter in baseball. Yeah. It's killed a left-handed According hitter. to reports from Nick Pecoro over the weekend, the Diamondbacks are open to a long-term contract with outfielder Corbin Carroll. Yeah, they should be. Try to eat up all of those early years and yeah. get them under some long-term deal, right? I agree. They should be. He's a fantastic player. It's uh, hard to do, but I mean, at this point, you know, you're seeing teams do. Seattle did it with their young star our player Julio Rodriguez, and Julio yeah. Rodriguez, and you could see the Diamondbacks trying to get that done as well. Wonder Makes sense. Franco had one done with the Tampa Bay Rays as well. And another note: longtime Diamondbacks broadcaster Greg Schulte going to retire after the 2023. He's season. had a limited schedule because of health issues, so we wish him the best and hope that he has a, a great year this year. Yeah. We're going to miss not hearing him. Suns are off until Friday. We still don't know for sure whether that's going to be the debut of Kevin Durant. We think it will be, but we don't know for sure. In the meantime, Matt Ishbia in a one-on-one with Sports Illustrated, touched on the Kevin Durant trade, quote, this was the right decision for the team and for the business and for the players. It wasn't a tough decision. We really didn't want to give up some of the guys because we love those guys, but at the end of the day, the right decision was, what do we do to maximize our team for today and the next three to four years, close quote. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, luxury tax payments and not really worried about it, no risk at all. This is, a, this is a, had a chance to go get one of the greatest players that's ever played the game and he's still in his prime and he just felt like there was just this was a, a no-brainer from decision. The, from the Mercury, Diana Taurasi signed a multi-year contract to return to the Mercury. Center Brittany Griner has officially re-signed with Phoenix on a one-year uh, deal as well. It's going to be good for uh, to see Brittany Griner back out there playing. And Diana Taurasi, man, it's just I have a photo of her when she was with the Mercury, and my kids were so little, Kaylee and Gabrielle, and it was so little. We were at the ballpark. They took a picture. They were little kids, and here she is. She's still playing them, and they're grown up. Like, they're grown up. So, like... 
can't believe the impact Diana Taurasi has, has had on this community and the length of time she has been here. Tons of NBA news to get you caught up on. Nets coach Jock Vaughn agreed to a multi-year extension to stay in Brooklyn. The Bull, the Bulls have ruled... You stop me whenever you want to comment go on ahead, something. Go ahead. The Bulls have ruled out guard Lonzo Ball for the remainder of the season. He's out. He will not play. He's been a full year since I he's know, played a basketball game. They're paying him a lot of money. They're trying to see if they can get any contract relief, but it would depend on him never being able to play again if they were able to get that. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks star, Giannis Antetokounmpo, suffered a sprained ligament in his right wrist. He'll undergo treatment with the expectation he can come back when the pain subsides. The Bucks play the Suns on Sunday. No word if he would be available for that game or not. But his team won the All-Star game, right? His team Got won the All-Star game. I think he had two points and then he exited stage left. Yeah, I didn't watch a minute of it, so don't ask me. I, <laughs> me I really, either. I honestly, I did not watch a minute of the NBA uh, All-Star game. The Atlanta Hawks, this came down just about an hour ago, dismissed coach Nate McMillan. He wow. is out from Atlanta. They have replaced him with Joe Prunty. He's the interim coach. They are starting a search for a new head coach immediately. Yeah. Per reports. They, that was uh, a l- very disappointing. That team has all the talent in the world, and they were in the finals, and they just decided that it was better to, to part ways with him. There's 23 games left in the season, and they just decided to go in a different direction and try to see if they could salvage this year. And then there's the buyout updates. Kevin Love has signed with the Miami Heat. In some ways, as expected, though I had read last week that maybe the Cavs would prevent him from going there. Apparently not. Nine-time All-Star guard Russell Westbrook plans to sign with the L.A. Clippers. Had a lot of interest. Russell Westbrook had a lot of interest, but they you know, they went after Mike Conley. They didn't get him. They feel that Westbrook could be like the Suns. Like the Suns were very much looking for that third scorer. Same thing with the Clips. They want a third scorer that can alleviate some of the pressure on Kawhi and Paul George. Patrick Beverly's going to sign with the Bulls. Makes sense now, especially with Delonzo Ball. With Delonzo Ball news, go there, try to help that team get to the playoffs. So yeah, that's another big name. And then I think Will Barton is in a contract. He, he will keep our eye on him to see where he ends up going. But the yeah. Suns, the interesting thing is that the Suns didn't have any interest in Kevin Love. No, they didn't. And and now we still await word on Ish Wainwright as he can't play another game without having his contract converted. It would seem like Will Barton is the only name out there that might right. have some appeal to the Suns. We'll see if it does or if it doesn't. And then we just got word a second ago. Uh, tomorrow, Nick Rollis will be introduced to the media at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And on Thursday, Drew Petzing the new offensive coordinator for the Cardinals will be introduced to the media. So back-to-back two o'clock press conferences for the new DC and the OC in that. All right, that'll be busy. That'll be busy. Yep, can't wait to hear what they have to say. When we come back, we circle our attention back to the Arizona Cardinals. Jonathan Gannon apparently really wanted this job with the Arizona Cardinals so much so he turned down a little bit of a raise from his former employer. We'll tell you about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo show here on this Tuesday afternoon. Short week for us with the President's Day long weekend. If you had a three-day weekend, welcome back to work. If you didn't, I'm sorry that we weren't here for you yesterday. Although Mitch was filling in for us yesterday. In fact, we had we had uh we had Mitch. The kids were doing the shows yeah. yesterday. Eric was hosted four hours, right? Eric, didn't you do uh, Bigley Murata? You did yeah. the Mickley the Bigley Murata shift yesterday? Mm-hmm. Ah, good for you guys. Get the reps. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, so we all started somewhere. Of course we did. Yeah, I started doing like a Saturday show. 
like a weekend show. I did it for like three months, and then the program director at the time, Tim Lyota, was like, all right, afternoon drive, here you go. I was like, I'd, be, I'd actually been in Arizona for like six months. Yep, sounds like the story we all go through, Gambo. Yeah. <laughs> afternoon drive. I had been in Arizona for like six months. I had never done radio before. That's why if you're a college professor and you want Gambo to come speak to your class, he's don't. absolutely the worst yeah. choice. How'd you get the job? I don't know. <laughs> they just gave it to me. I did one Saturday show, and I got an afternoon drive shift. Yeah, because yeah, that's how it works. Mm. That's, that's how not, it works. That's not how it works? No, no. That's Yeah, yeah if it, that's the case, it's been taking me a bit longer on some of these Saturday shifts. Just a smidge. Yeah, Mitch yeah. has only been doing the Saturday show for, what, three years now, right, give or take? About two and a half, yeah. Yeah, about two and a half, yeah. That's what oh, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I did it for about two and a half weeks. Uh-huh. Yeah. That inflation rate's crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a semi-charmed kind of life for Gambo. It's a fully charmed kind of life for Gambo. That's what we've always said. Somebody's um, got to have a fully charmed kind of life, I guess. Got, I, you know, it might as well it be might you. Might as well be me. It's not going to be the rest of us, for mm. goodness Six. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, in a one-on-one he did with Peter King over the weekend as part of his Football Morning in America column. This was great. Quote, I loved Philly. I loved Jeffrey Lurie. I love Howie Roseman. I love Nick Sirianni. They came back and they were like, here's a new offer. It's going to pay you more than being a head coach. That's cool, and I loved it. But I wanted to be a head coach, and I was excited about this because of Mr. Bidwell, Michael, as he would say, Monty Austin Fort, and Kyler. And Kyler. Close quote. Can we start with that? We'll start with what? Let's start with the Kyler thing before we get to sure, the, you yeah. know, he took last month. Whatever you want. You're the one who got promoted from one Saturday shift to <laughs> afternoon drive in your mid-20s. You've been, you've been touched by the radio gods, man. Lynn, do whatever you want to do. What, what, you, your call. He wouldn't have taken this job if Kyler wasn't here. So he claimed. He, he said it. Yeah, you want to call it. him a liar? No, no, no I'm not calling I mean, him a liar. It's just, that, did, I wouldn't be here if Kyler Murray wasn't look, here. Here's the only reason why I said it that way, mm-hmm. okay? The amount of gushing over Kyler, it's it's bordering on excessive. Oh, I, I said that last week. Right? It's, it's, I wish they wouldn't have taken this approach. It's it's, it's bordering on a little bit of a, all right, like, we get it, all right? we, we You think right. Kyler's all that and a, a bag of chips? Yeah. It, 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 and that's, I read that quote, and it's, again, same article, quote, if Kyler Murray isn't here, I don't take this job, close quote. And I, and I, and it, Look, I've even got, okay, I've got this audio here. Hold on a second. I forgot I had this. All right. This is Gannon and Kyler. And this is right after the introductory press conference last week, right? Yes. And he goes up and he gives Kyler a high five. And this was from Arizona Cardinals Twitter. We thank them for posting this video. But this is a conversation between Jonathan Gannon and Kyler Murray. Take a listen. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. I was talking about you, bro. Everything I said. Let's go. Oh, man. They said, why do you want to take this job? Well, not many open jobs have a franchise quarterback. That's why. <laughs> love, love, love. I don't love, think, love. I, again, I, everything they've done has been great. I agree with it. I would not have taken that approach with Kyler. I would. I want to knock Kyler down and build him back up. Because what he is now is they built him up. And you're the franchise quarterback. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. You're so elite. You're so elite. I don't want to give him any power. I don't want to. I want to knock him down. I want to knock him down a few pegs and then build him back up the right way. Look, there are a lot of coaches out there that we, we discussed. Like There was a lot of reports like nobody wants to take Cardinals job because of Kyler. Okay, there was Sean Payton didn't want to coach Cardinals that's, quarterback that's Kyler Murray Terry per Bradshaw report. report. Yeah, the Bradshaw Okay, but there report. were other reports too that they that this job was not attractive. Top head coach targets don't want the job because of Kyler Murray. 
Okay? Mm-hmm. This is the outkick. Cardinals' top head co- coaching targets don't want the job because of Kyler Murray, and that was a report. So that was not the, that was a different report. Um, Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network, reporting from the Senior Bowl. I remember that one, too. You yeah. know, so, like, now you've got a coach in here. I'm here because I wanted to coach you. I'm here because I wanted to coach you. Mm -hmm. So that's good. It's good that he wants to coach him. It's good that he feels like, you know, that, that, that I'm glad that he feels that Kyle's elite. Now, again, I would have, I would have not taken that approach. I would have went in with, we have a, we have a quarterback that has a lot of talent. We've got to get the most out of him. If we, we think he could be elite. We think he could be one of the top, top quarterbacks in this game. We got to unleash that in him. You know, he's got a ways to go. There's a lot of work that he's going to have to do to get there, but we believe in him. We believe he can get there. I would have preferred that approach rather than he's a lead, he's a lead, he's a lead, he's the best quarterback. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Because again, I think that Kyler has to get knocked down a few pegs. Yeah, and, and I'm certainly by no means calling the new coach of the Cardinals a liar, and I don't want to be perceived as doing anything like that. I, it just feels like it's it's being laid on a little thick. You know, like, like hey, if it weren't for Kyler, I wouldn't be here. And and Kyler's elite, and he's there. And, and, and it, it, it just it, it does seem very, very deliberate in really trying to talk big about Kyler. Now I'll say this too on the other side of the on the flip side of the coin. There were five coaching openings in the NFL this year. You could argue, you could argue that what made the Cardinals the best was in fact Kyler Murray. In that if you believe Russell Wilson is kind of cooked and kind of done and his best days behind him, there's no franchise quarterback with Indy. There's no franchise quarterback Carolina. in Carolina. There's none in Houston. Now, they all have the chance to chart their course. They might get it right. They might get it wrong. If you believe that Kyler Murray can be an elite quarterback, has shown you those things, or at least at one point established himself as a future up-and-coming elite quarterback in this league, then truly... The Cardinals offered something that none of the other gigs offered. And in his prime, 10 of his best years coming up quarterback, who's already been pretty good. None of the other jobs offered that. No. So I want to be, I want to be fair to Kyler too and kind of point out this, the uniqueness of the Cardinal situation and what might have arguably made them the best job available. But at the same time, they, they're just, they're pouring it on. They're, they're really pouring on the charm with Kyler Murray, almost like they, they, hey man, it's you. It's all you. Trying to get him to buy in. They're trying to get him well, to, I, they feel that he's not a tough love guy, that he's more of a, you got to pamper him a little bit. You got to coddle the, him a little bit. I mean, it might be how they determined it. Yeah, kind of, kind of like the, the, the soft part before the tough stuff, right? Like, okay, hey, we're gonna, you're elite. You're great. You're awesome. You're the reason why I'm here. Hey, be here for the offseason and stuff. Be here for the OTAs. Let the guys see you in the training room. I, he was here all last week. I don't know if he's gone home or not. I don't know if he's back in Dallas or if he's still here. They want to see him make that commitment and maybe this is all part of that plan. Like, Let's really make him feel like he is the guy and he's the man so he'll really commit himself to the organization the way we want him, the way we need him yeah. to commit himself to the organization. Now one of the things I thought about is with Gannon turning down potentially less money to stay as the Eagles defensive coordinator. How many free agents did we just say they had on defense? The Eagles? <laughs> yeah. A, a, a bunch. What, got seven, ton. eight? Yeah. I got starters. Seven or eight starters. He may not not have wanted to go back because that defense is going to take a big hit with a lot of players leaving. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> did the Philadelphia Eagles really offer Jonathan Gannon more money to stay as a defensive coordinator than he would have made as a head coach. I mean, what's he going to make as a head coach? That's the question. Like that was, 
If that's the case, if that's really unrealistic, doesn't it? But if that's the case, come on, man, they never had a shot at Sean Payton. They never had a shot. Like if they're paying their head coach less than what he would have got at the, I believe Cliff was making about seven and a half million dollars a year. So if they're paying him four to five million dollars a year to be the head coach, come on. You can't even, you can't, you couldn't begin to tell me that they had a legitimate shot at Sean Payton, who was going to get what, 15 no. to 20? I guess the question is, were they offering him Vic Fangio money, which was what, 4.5 million a year to be the defensive coordinator right. of the Dolphins? Were they offering him Vic Fangio money, and was that more money than what the Cardinals or anybody else was offering him to be a head coach? I don't know. It's just the quote. It's going to pay you more than being a head coach, close quote. I, I, that's, I'd love to get to the bottom of that. Did the Eagles actually offer. Jonathan Gannon more to be their defensive coordinator than the Cardinals did to be their head coach. I would love to know the answer to that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, maybe we'll get the answer to that. Speaking of Kyler Murray, his head coach has a plan to unlock him, and it's a little different than what we've come to expect out of Kyler. You'll hear about that next on Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Never want to shy away from the fact that if I change my mind about something, I will admit it. Okay. I believe Gambo has changed my mind on our Twitter poll question of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Your argument was compelling. All right, that's good. Uh, I could have been a lawyer. Thank God you're not. All right. Here's, my cousin here's Benny. Thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, I did. You know what? That movie came on HBO the other day. Holds up really well. Still very funny. It actually is still very funny. I, I, I got a big kick out of my cousin Benny. Still, I, I think Bickley and Murata said that they should make a remake where it's just Gambo <laughs> in the movie well, instead. The, the problem is Gambo, given the way his broadcasting career has gone, probably thinks that he'll go from passing the bar to being one of the top trial attorneys in America just like overnight, right? I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd win all those arguments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because these lawyers use all these fancy terminology, big words like, like Bickley uses big words. The people that are sitting, they don't know what those words mean. I'd talk to him like, Real people, like I, I'd said it to you straight. I talk to you like you know, like you're uneducated, like me. So you know, I wouldn't go in there with all the big words that lawyers go in with that people don't understand. So I can go. see the ad now of him just saying that with some generic music underneath, yeah. <laughs> American flag waving in the background. No big words here, just results. Call one eight eight Gambo is your lawyer. Yeah. That's way too many numbers, by the way, but that doesn't matter at all. Uh, what is our poll question that Gambo's changed my mind on? Poll question is about some free agents, one that was on the Arizona Cardinals, one that might be following the trend of Eagles joining the Arizona Cardinals. Would you rather them sign cornerback James Bradbury or Byron Murphy for next season? Gambo changed my mind. Tell everybody why you said Murphy. Well, the reason why I said Murphy is he's twenty five years old. Bradbury, Brad, Bradbury's thirty. Like yep. I just, I, I don't, I'm not winning right now. I'm not going to win right now. Why do I want to sign a thirty year old? Plus, trust me, cornerbacks at Revis Island. A lot of those guys, when they got to 31, 32, they start to slip. They start to go downhill. I'm not going to be competitive. If I was one player away, okay. But the Cardinals are not one player away. They're several years away. I go with the younger Murphy. That is the argument that changed my mind. What's our audience here? Audience also listening to future lawyer John Gambadoro. (laughs) 78.3% going with Murph. 21.7%. It's actually gone down for Bradbury in the last two hours. You can be anything you want to be in this country, I believe, right? Whatever you want to be. Yeah. What do you want to be? Do you want to be a lawyer? 
I don't, I don't, I don't think I wanted to be a lawyer, but do you want? But to, if he wanted to, he could do it. I want, but you could, like, if I wanted to, I could have went to, like, of course, absolutely. I would have. You would have to go to school for that, right? You know what? You would have had to pass the bar, and I hate to break your heart. You're not sitting next to Gina Ficaro when you're taking the bar. They, they, they pretty Can much you make, cheat when you take the bar. Hey, Can you cheat? Psst. What? I don't know. I don't know what this one means. Gina. Tell me what this case is. I don't understand the statute of limitations in the state of Connecticut. How does mm. this work? I don't even live there. Tell me. Is it A, B, C, or D, Listen, Gina? This guy was driving his car, and they rear-ended him. He's hurt. He can't go to work. <laughs> you got to pay him a lot of money. I don't think Understand? I don't think that's how the bar works. I don't think. You'd have a hard time. You might have a hard time passing the bar. There's no Gina Ficarra. I had now. a hard time passing high school. I know. That's why you might have a hard time passing the bar. My kid's on the National Junior Honor Society. He has all his grades are A's. You know, I'm like, I'd be okay with the B. His mom's like, how the heck no. I'm like, B, like. Get him to take the bar for you. Like, I don't get Like, if he had a B, like, my, she'd be all upset if he had a B in something. I'm like, I don't know. I, I think a B would be great. That's our poll Nothing question. Wrong with that. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find it. Well, well, well. Jonathan Gannon, over the weekend, in an interview he did with Peter King, in addition to saying, quote, if Kyler Murray isn't here, I don't take this job, close quote, maybe the far more interesting thing he said was what his plans are for Kyler in terms of the offense. I love this. I think we can take him to another level and unleash his full skill set. We're not going to put him in shotgun all the time, I'll tell you that. The way to take pressure off the quarterback and the offensive line is to put him under center at times. That is the missing piece I thought they had with Kyler. They were in shotgun all the time. You're saying quote. the Cardinals had a player playing out of position? Yeah. But they didn't They didn't get the most out of a player by optimizing areas that he could exceed in? Are you yeah. saying that's what they are did? Are you feeling are you like we've seen this movie before? Like we've been down this road I kind of think once or twice? Like that's yeah. kind of like what they do. It. It's something that every show on this station talked about throughout the course of the year. Cliff's got to do something. The offense isn't working. Put Kyler under center just a little bit. Put him under center. They were so reluctant to do it because obviously with his height, he can't see, you know, over the offensive line. And, you know, his three step drop and throwing the ball is probably more like a five or six step step drop because he's not six three. He's got shorter strides. So I don't think that they wanted to do it. But clearly, we all know that the reason that you would do that is to create more opportunities and play action passes and things like that. Now, they're not going to line him up. My favorite play in the Super Bowl was Jalen Hurts on when they needed a yard. It was an unstoppable play, right, for the Eagles? Oh, the one with the, the push, where yeah, the like, two guys behind him would you're push. Not, yeah. like, you're not going to have Kyler Murray do that. Like, he's not built the way Hurts is. You're no. not going to risk injuries to Kyler. Like, he's not going to do those things. You're not going to see those quarterback sneaks seven times a game like you might have seen with Hurts. But there are things that you could do by having it in shotgun because just to keep the defense more honest and create that play-action pass that really wasn't there for them. i got to imagine... I could be way off base. I have to imagine this was part of what sold the Cardinals brass on Jonathan Gannon to be their head coach. Oh, 100%. Because I'm sure he came in and said, oh, this is the first thing I'm doing with Kyler Murray. We're not, I'm not playing hired. shotgun 93% of the time. Okay, you're hired. You're, you're done. Job's right. yours, right? I think Michael probably had a meeting with the first guy that tells me that they're going to put him in the center. We're hiring wins. that guy. The first guy right, says the first that guy says, wins. Went through every single coach. Sean Payton, no, we're going to keep him in the shotgun. It's best for his safety and everything else. 
cake. Next, next, next. Finally got a guy to say, I'm going to put him on the center. You're hired. Yeah. You are hired. Darren Urban had this note in his story from over the weekend from azcardinals.com. Kyler Murray, according, uh, in the last three seasons, Kyler Murray was in the shotgun 92.3% of the time. And his 2.9% time under center was the lowest of any NFL quarterback. No quarterback was in the shotgun more than Kyler Murray was in 2022. I would say that, you know, that, that some of those in the shotgun may have been kneel downs. Because you're in the, you're, I mean, under center. Under Some center. of those sure. under center oh, yeah. could be, but the Cardinals didn't win any football saying, games. Did they have a lot of victory so formation many, moments so, this year? I don't think so. Like yeah. how, so, but there is a certain part of that 2.9% that probably came with a couple of kneel downs. Yeah, there, there, there's no doubt. Um, so that, so obviously, look, and this is catnip, right? For if, if you're a Cardinals fan, you, you hear this because this is the kind of stuff that honestly Cliff either couldn't or wouldn't do. And, and this was the kind of, this was always the limitation with Cliff was his inability to adapt. His inability to evolve, his ability, his inability to try something different. I mean, like to the point where those 2.9% times that he was under center, I can almost remember them because every time you see Kyler Murray under center, you go, oh my God, Kyler's under center. Write that down. Write that down. I mean, seriously, he's, he's under center. And it happened like once or twice a game, maybe. And as soon as he did it, it just looked so odd to see him there. So Drew Petzing, I'm sure that's, you know, now the plays that you can run off of having him under center. Does it increase the risk? Does it, you know, is it kind of limiting in some ways because of his size to your point? Yeah, absolutely. But you've got to evolve. You've got to adapt. There's far more Kyler Murray can do than just stand five yards behind the center so he can see everything that's going on in front of him. You've just got to evolve his game a little bit. I'm thrilled to hear this. It's the necessary step. Yeah, I, your most important thing is to keep that guy upright and safe. So, like, I, I'm really interested to see what they do with the offensive line uh, as well. Because Kyler, one of the great things about Kyler that we talked about, especially his first couple of years in the league, was his ability to not take big hits. And part of that was being in shotgun, he could really see the rush coming and know how to avoid it. You know, when you're under center, you, 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 and, and, and if a defensive end beats a tackle, you don't have the same time to react as if you're in shotgun. Yeah. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your device, your iPhone or your Android. You're not going to miss any of the show. The Burns and Gambo Show is brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. He says he doesn't want to screw things up around here. What on earth could one of the best basketball players in the history of the game actually screw up? That's next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Kevin Durant's going to mess this up? Huh? In an exclusive what are you interview about Willis, exactly. In an exclusive interview with basically his own media company. So how's that for an exclusive? Uh, boardroom media. He, he, this was the kind of stuff. I'll be honest. I kind of wanted out of that pep rally press conference a week ago, and okay. we, didn't, we didn't quite get it because it was it was kind of part pep rally and part press conference. And again, I get it. You want to trump the fact, yeah? Hey, look, we, look what we got. We've got Kevin Durant. You want to advertise that? You want to scream it from a mountaintop? But there was also some stuff there that just in that setting, I don't think he was going to get asked. And I feel like some of these answers are more in line with what I wanted to hear about Kevin Durant and him coming to the Suns. He does this exclusive interview with Boardroom Media, and he acknowledges the fact 
that James Jones and Monty Williams have already built Phoenix into a contender and an elite basketball program. Quote, it's on me to come in and not bleep it up, what they've done, basically. I think stamina is what separates great teams. Uh, we all need to be on the same page, have that stamina, and be efficient every single possession until July, close quote. We'll talk about the stamina part later. It's that quote at the beginning that obviously captures your attention. It's on me to come in and not bleep up what they've done, basically. Can Kevin Durant bleep <laughs> up what they've done around here? No, I think I don't think it's possible. Um, I think if anything messes them up, it's that they, you know, they... Ch- Traded out some you know key key players on the team, and they've got a team that's very reliant on health because there have been injuries to Booker, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant this year. I think that's the only real fear is the injury factor for this team. The talent level is through the roof. They even have, you know, I think you know there are questions like what campaign and his health, what he's he going to be able to do, and then playoff rotation, who's going to be in, who's going to be out. So I think that they're but overall. You know, they've got the best group of four players, bar none. I don't think anybody has a better group of four players than the Phoenix Suns do. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to use my imagination to think, okay, how could... Because Kevin Durant, it's not like he's Kyrie. It's not like he's a selfish superstar. And it's not like they're teaming him with a selfish superstar in Devin Booker. It's something we chronicled quite a bit last week. These are two of the most uh, adaptable superstars in the NBA, yeah. right? With mm-hmm. sacrificial superstars in the NBA. Willing to give up shots to make it work. Willing to kind of not... Uh, that's why I think Kyrie and, and Luka... Uh, honestly, I think that's going to be a disaster. I do. I, I, I really... I think Kyrie's just... He's just not wired that way, right? And Luca's so used to being the guy with the high usage rate. I just think it's doomed to fail in Dallas. I really, really do. I don't think it's a good fit. This is different because these are two superstars, one established longer than the other, who have shown a history over their long and short career that they're very adaptable. They're very giving. They can fit into lots of different circumstances and play with lots of different guys, and it doesn't really seem to affect them that much. I don't know how that situation gets screwed up. I think you said it right the, you know, earlier when we talked about this. Or we touched on this a little bit. I think Kevin Durant's just saying all the right things. My job is not to mess this thing up. Your job is to come in here and take this team where they haven't gone. Okay, They haven't been able to get over the hump. That's why you're here. They lost Lost in the NBA Finals with a two nothing lead, and then took a step back last year. Even though they won more games than than at any than any Suns team in the history of their franchise, they got beaten the second round by the Dallas Mavericks. They lost Game Six and Seven by a hundred points and got blown out at home. That game was over in the first quarter. You're here to make sure that doesn't happen. You're here to get them to where they haven't gone before. Anything less is an, is a, is a failure, and unfortunately, that may fall on you if the Suns don't win a championship. They may people may look back at this and say, okay, ultimately that didn't work out that they got. Kevin Durant. Now, we do think it's going to work out because of how adaptable he is, because of he's an egoless player, because he doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. He could play off the ball. And so there are a lot of reasons to think it is going to work, but I'm here not to blank it up. No, you're here for you're here to make sure that it doesn't get blanked and, up. And, and, and first of all, he definitely does have an ego, but I think Kevin Durant's one of those players, one of those rare players who doesn't let his ego get in the way. Kyrie lets his ego get in the way. A lot of NBA superstars, sometimes their ego gets in the way. I don't think I don't I don't think Kevin Durant does that. But you're right. It's not. He just doesn't. 
it's the humility thing. If he comes out and says the truth, and the truth is, I know what I'm here for. I'm here to win a championship. I'm going to put these guys on my back, and I'm going to carry them there. He does, that's disrespectful to Book. He doesn't want to do that. That's disrespectful to Chris and the Monty and James, a team that you know won 64 games a year ago and went to the NBA Finals two years ago. He's cool enough that he doesn't want to say that about those guys because he knows he'll kind of come across as an arrogant you-know-what if he does, and he doesn't want to do that on his no. first day on the job. And I think that's great. But it's it's not it's not the truth, all right. The quote: "It's on me to come in and not bleep up what they've done." Close quote. That is not true. No. That is not. That is not. No, I'm just here to fit in. <laughs> I'm you know yeah, I'm, I'm not going to shoot the ball very much in the beginning. I'm just going to work myself in. I'm just yeah, going to no. be the wallflower in the back yeah. of the room, kind of in the corner with my cocktail. I just, just you know, I don't want to get noticed. Me. I'm fine. Yeah. I don't want to get noticed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take any attention away from what they've been doing. No, you're here for a lot more than that. The other. There were a couple of interesting quotes in here. He talked a little bit about Devin Booker and how each other's presence is definitely going to open things up for one another. Then there's the stuff he talked about playing with Chris. And he pointed out on his own, uh, you know, I've played with Westbrook. I've played with Curry. I've played with Kyrie. This is the first time I get to work with a real pass-first point guard in Chris Paul. I've never really had that before, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. really true. When you think about it, I mean, he's played with Russell Westbrook, and him and Russ went to the NBA Finals, you know, you know, uh, 10 years ago. They lost to the Miami Heat. They actually won the first game, then lost the next four to LeBron. Um, so he's played with Russell Westbrook. He's played with Steph. He's played with Kyrie. He's always played with a very ball-dominant point guard. He still is in a way because Devin Booker's a ball-dominant guard. He's just not the point guard. But when you give him the ball, he's very ball-dominant. He's going to get Devin Booker's going to get the ball in a possession the same way Kyrie, Steph, and Russell Westbrook do. It's not like Book's not going to get the ball in a possession. He's going to get the ball. A lot runs through Book. I watched a game last week where he was the point guard. Like so, you still are playing with another ball-dominant guard. He just has, doesn't have the point guard title. That yeah. Yeah, other guys and, and probably I can look this up. Probably not to the level of a Kyrie or a Curry, but certainly a guy who, when the ball is in his hands, he's you know, and and that's again the part of the beauty of Devin Booker is that he doesn't, for being a superstar, he is awfully accommodating to other people on the floor, right? Like, I mean, he mm-hmm. he has no problem with if I get double teamed, I'm going to pass it to the open guy. I, I mean, that's just what I'm going to do. I'm not going to force a bad shot. Well, I'm not going to do that's something what's dumb. Made him the great player that he is today no is doubt. by not trying to. To go isolation one on one and break things down, or when I get double team, trying to beat a double team, or complaining about double teams and summer league games, he became great by understanding that I got to pass out of that double team. One last quote from Kevin Durant: We haven't talked about this one yet. He was asked about staying in Phoenix long term, even after his contract ends, or whether this would likely be the final contract of his career. Would he enter free agency at thirty-seven? What would he do? I, I can't believe we're already talking about the end and it hasn't even started yet quote I'm having a good time in the moment and I can see myself being here for the rest of my career but who knows I said the same thing about Brooklyn close quote (laughs) probably what you should say when you've played on a bunch of different teams like Kevin Durant has. I think the pro- I think you probably don't say this is where I'm going to finish my career and I want to I want to be here. Listen, if he continues to he's got 3 years left on his contract. If he continues if he's able to continue this uh this level of play at a high level for these next 3, he'll get another big contract.
might not be for three or four years. It might be two. It might be three. I don't know what it'll be, but he'll get another contract for a lot of money if yeah. he's able to stay and stay healthy and play at the level. Because he's still the craziest thing about the. I'm fascinated by how athletes are able to stay into their prime at the older ages now compared to lots really like what changed, we grew up with. Oh, yeah, when yeah. you were 32, you were done. <laughs> you were 27 to 32 was your prime, and then at 33, you were over the hill. And now we just see so many guys that are excelling at 33, 34, 35 years old. He's gonna miss games. I mean, everybody knows he's gonna miss games. The question is, the ones that he plays in, is he still? Right now, he's at his peak. He's playing at his prime. He's In some ways, he's better now than he was five years ago, four years ago, when he's on the floor. How often can he be on the floor? That's the key question. When we come back, yeah, he's young, but he is and was a very hot commodity before the Cardinals made him their defensive coordinator. We'll talk about that coming up right here on the Burns and Gambo Show.